Welcome to Socially Responsible Business with host Sharon Schneider. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to succeed financially while using your business as a force for good and spend differently without spending more. Now, here is Sharon. Welcome to Socially Responsible Business. I'm your host, Sharon Schneider, and I'm so thrilled that you're joining us today. We're on week four of this new show, and there are so many topics I want to explore with you. I always feel like we're just getting started. So maybe you feel that way too. And if you do, I hope you'll keep listening, keep engaging, and keep trying to just do the next right thing. You can always visit www.theintegratedlife.com to find the resources mentioned on the show and links to past episodes and information about our guests. So today we're going to talk about untapped and overlooked talent. And I know about being overlooked. After all, I'm a member of Gen X and we're in many ways the overlooked generation. But one thing we're known for actually is being spiritual, not religious. Have you heard that phrase? I consider myself to be spiritual, but not religious, meaning I don't ascribe to any particular organized religion, but I do believe in a higher power. So I tend to look at different religious practices with curiosity and respect, and one of those traditions is the Jewish practice of tzedakah. Tzedakah is most often thought of by non-Jews like myself as equivalent to charity, but I've learned that a better translation is actually justice. It's about our obligation to give of ourselves to others in recognition of our interdependence and community and the rightful place of each of us in a community. And it matters, too, in tzedakah, how you fulfill that obligation. You're supposed to do it with cheerfulness and empathy for the situation of the recipient. So there are eight levels of tzedakah that are spelled out by Jewish scholars in order to demonstrate the highest and best form or, or level of giving. And as you can imagine, the lowest level of tzedakah is when you give grudgingly. <laughs> and the next level is to give less than you should, but to do it cheerfully. <laughs> so then there are subsequent levels covering the variations on giving anonymously, of you knowing the recipient, the recipient knowing who you are. Um, but anonymity is thought to preserve the dignity of the recipient. But the highest level of tzedakah, the greatest form of justice, is to give someone the gift of self-sufficiency and dignity, aka to give them a job. And I find that concept absolutely beautiful, to think of a job as an opportunity for someone to achieve self-sufficiency, for them to preserve or reestablish their dignity and their rightful place in community in relationship with each other. And Sadaka also acknowledges that these situations are a two-way street, that we benefit as much as the recipient. Our humanity is strengthened as well as the other person's. So what does that have to do with having a socially responsible business? Well, when you're a business owner or a manager, you have this incredible asset that you might not be thinking about as an asset at all. Jobs. You create jobs. And you have the ability to decide who will fill those jobs, what their working life will be like, and how they'll be supported as a member of your community. So I've had about 100 different people that I've personally hired and managed in different businesses over the course of my career, whether I was a department manager or the founder and CEO of a business. 
And from where I sit over here being all spiritual, but not religious, that's a wonderful privilege and opportunity. And like so many other aspects of being a socially responsible business, it turns out that what's good for other people is also good for business. So in an environment where the national unemployment rate is just 3.7% as we are right now, you may be saying to yourself, good help is hard to find, right? But today I would ask you to consider, maybe you aren't looking in the right places. We're gonna talk about finding qualified talent in unexpected places and give you some insights and tools to build your workforce while building your community. So my guest today, Maria Kim, is a brilliant leader, a brilliant writer, and one of the most effective managers I have ever seen at holding people accountable with love. She was instrumental in making the CARA Collective in Chicago a national model for employment social enterprises, and a few years ago moved into the role as president and CEO of Red F, which is the granddaddy field builder and funder in this particular space. Lauren McCann had some of the opposite journey. She's a brave and insightful funder turned founder who first built a model at the Stand Together Foundation to support and scale employment social enterprises, and then became an entrepreneur to fill a gap by creating a marketplace that would connect them with businesses who need their products. And that company is called Procure Impact, and we're going to hear about both of their organizations here in just a minute. So welcome to the show, Maria and Lauren. Thank you so much. Thrilled to be here. Excited to have this conversation. So Maria, I'm going to start with you and get an overview of this field and organizations that are working to help people overcome barriers to employment. So just to ground our listeners in this space, I would call it workforce development. Is that the term you use? And can you explain what that means? For sure. You know, sometimes I worry about the term workforce development because it's a little inside baseball. So we, if we just take it apart, effectively what we're doing is using the systems of our society to help folks to build, grow, upskill their talent to build the workforce of the future. The thing that we get stuck on though is that these systems sometimes exclude the folks that face the toughest barriers to employment. So that's why at Red F, we focus on employment social enterprises, the term you lifted up just earlier, businesses that fulfill a market need, but also do so by creating jobs for the toughest to employ. And, and barriers to employment, you know, is generally a, euphemis a, a euphemism, right, for people who struggled with substance abuse or they've experienced homelessness or they've been in the criminal justice system. So, you know, what have you seen and learned working with this population? Yeah, this is another one where I'm getting a little stuck on language because sometimes we use the term barriers to just contextualize the problem we're trying to solve for, right? We want people to understand what we're doing. And yes, folks face all the barriers that you mentioned. But the thing that we lose in that process is we dwell so much on the barriers that we lose sight of the talents and the strengths that the folks have. So we kind of anchor on the deficit and don't look to the asset, which has always tripped me up. And finally, like who among us hasn't personally or been in proximity to some of the challenges that you've shared, right? So it's kind of, I want us to lean in with both the empathy for those experiences, but also the radical awareness that it only tells a piece of the story. And the big piece of the story that we miss is the talent that we're missing out on when we don't lean into folks' strengths. Lauren, you had that experience of being in proximity to someone 
why don't you tell us a little bit about the story of Procure Impact, what it is and how you came to found it? Yeah, happy to. I had spent many years in philanthropy um, and was running the Stand Together Foundation. But what actually brought me to that work was personal passion and conviction because in my family, uh, we had an individual, my, my brother, who had significant barriers in his life due to mental illness and a disability. Um, at one point, my brother was actually homeless uh, and a missing person. And as his caretaker, somebody that was trying to help him overcome those barriers to work, I saw how challenging it was and how the system itself really wasn't set up for success uh, for someone like him. Um, and I got into philanthropy to start to apply my skills to help find innovative models that were helping people break those cycles um, and discovered employment social enterprises through that work. What totally changed the course of my brother's life was when he was discovered for his talents, just like Maria is talking about, when he was discovered for his artistic talents. He's a very gifted artist, um, and he started selling his paintings to Fortune 500 companies through an enterprise called Artlifting that represents artists with disabilities. And those purchases changed the course of his life. He ultimately was able to start to see himself as an artist and rather than through the lens of his disability and his illness. And that confidence that that built enabled him to get an art studio, move out of my parents' house and ultimately find employment. Um, and so I saw the power of employment social enterprise through that personal experience and then built Procure Impact to make it easier for companies to purchase products from people like my brother all over the country. There are people making products uh, within enterprises like bath and body products, furniture, art, jewelry, candles, and more. And they often just lack an opportunity to sell those products to ultimately get the income that will help them get on their feet. I love that you saw, as I said in kind of your introduction, that gap, that there were all these individual employment social enterprises out there, but that it wasn't really easy for, you know, companies that might want to support these kinds of organizations to find them, to work with them, and created a marketplace to really facilitate that transaction. And that's what the best entrepreneurs always do is, is see a gap, see a need, uh, and find, you know, uh, the courage to say, you know what, I'm going to go and fill that. Yeah. I mean, companies are buying products every day and often have really good intention. They want to leverage their purchasing power for impact. It's just hard. It's just hard for them to know with confidence they can get high quality products and the products that they need. And so we created Procure Impact to be that one-stop shop so they can purchase and ensure that they're transforming lives through each and every transaction. And can you give us some examples? I mean, procurement is a huge category and people may yeah. not realize all the things they actually procure to run their business. So give us some of the leverage points, um, that the, the things and ways that uh, your partners make available. Yeah, I mean, every office space has products that you're buying on an ongoing basis in your kitchen, from your coffee to your raw source materials and supplies to snacks that you might have in your kitchen. And so any company can purchase and create impact and uplift communities in the process. We're working very closely with many uh, corporations in the hospitality sector. And so when you think about hotels that are buying products um, en masse, bulk and wholesale every day for things like their in-room amenities and their mini bar to the products that they have in their retail shop 
to the furniture in rooms or in lobby or the art on the walls. These are all things that can be purchased with intention and ultimately create jobs for underestimated people. Hospitality is a great sector for that. We've already talked a, a lot about that on the show. So that's that's fantastic to hear. You're listening to Socially Responsible Business, and we're talking today about overlooked talent and how to tap into new talent pools to benefit your business while you build your community. My guests are Maria Kim, President and CEO of Red F, and Lauren McCann, Founder and CEO of Procure Impact. We'll be right back. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. If you're a business owner who wants to use the power of free enterprise to not just help yourself and your own family, but your employees, your community, and the world at large, then tune in to Socially Responsible Business. Host Sharon Schneider, a serial entrepreneur and impact advisor to some of the world's most prominent families, will help you uncover all the ways you can succeed financially while using your business as a force for good. Every show will include practical ideas and tools that you can implement right away. And it's not about spending more money. It's about thinking and spending differently. Socially Responsible Business, hosted by Sharon Schneider, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency Podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Do you feel you have a bigger life's purpose than you're currently living? Of course you do. Activate your passion as you tune in to Sovereign Self with host Sophia Renea Morales. Become the conscious creator of your own life. Connect with your most powerful and purposeful self in order to make big things happen for you now. Sophia and her guests are doing this every day and are sharing how you can step into this power too. Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Socially Responsible Business with Sharon Schneider. Have a question for Sharon or her guests? Email her at Sharon at theintegratedlife.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. And please do send us your ideas and resources and check out our episode recaps at uh, theintegratedlife.com. Okay, we're talking about how businesses can partner with workforce development organizations or employment social enterprises. And my guests are Maria Kim, CEO of Red F, and Lauren McCann, CEO of Procure Impact. So Maria, I always say that the premise behind this show is that you can be a capitalist. You can want to win and you can win while being a socially responsible company, right? So I say, I want to win, but not at your expense. 
So in some ways, Red F was born out of a very capitalist premise. The R in Red F stands for Roberts, as in Kohlberg, Kravitz, and Roberts, or KKR, one of the most famous capitalist firms in the world. Um, tell us about Red F, the organization you lead now. Of course. So Red F was indeed founded by George Roberts. And George's notion some 30 years ago was basically what would happen if we took venture capital principles and practices and applied them to tough social challenges. And so he made a bet, you know, he made a bet on this unique intervention that is called employment social enterprises, but market-faced businesses, market-facing businesses that create jobs and economic mobility for people facing tough barriers to employment. And what we do at Red Up is we find them, we vet them, and we back them with lots and lots of love. And that love comes in a three-legged stool of capital, so money that we invest in these enterprises. Capacity building, so targeted technical assistance that helps these businesses to grow, and community. You know what it's like to be an entrepreneur, Sharon. So being a social entrepreneur is a double bananas, lonely business. And our job is really to create a sense of community for all of these entrepreneurs to learn together. And again, we think that we've stumbled on the country's most scalable most effective market-based solution to attacking poverty. And studying it over the last 30 years, we know it works. Like the increased economic mobility on the other side of these enterprises, up, up, and up. That increase in housing stability, up, up, and up. And the reduction in government reliance on government benefits for folks that are well on their way, down, down, and down. So it's kind of a triple threat that is helping us to, again, attack poverty from multiple lenses. Well, it's so important that you highlight community as an entrepreneur and for the um, employment social enterprises that you support. I mean, ironically, that's often what these organizations provide for the people that they're serving, right? It's community is such a critical aspect of a successful workforce development organization. And, you know, when I first visited, when I first met you 15 years ago, um, I visited the CARA program, now the CARA Collective in Chicago, and it was the community aspect that really struck. Like, I knew that it was different from other nonprofits I had seen before. So can you share a little bit about what makes CARA's approach so successful and what you think a business in search of talent should look for in a partner uh, that is a workforce development or, or employment social enterprise. Yeah, I, I would say what Kara and what employment social enterprises in our portfolio get on lock is the fact that this journey is not just about building skills to get back to work. It's also, and sometimes most importantly, about building you. Do you know? You know when you kind of lose your way and you just lose your fit footing a little bit and you need a community, you need folks around you to say, you got this. Like that's half of the battle of what's happening inside these enterprises. So to your question about what should other employers look for when they're trying to source talent, when they go into organizations like the ones that Red F backs, I want them to look for two ingredients that we believe we get tight. And that is what I call triage and trampoline. These are supportive businesses that exist to help folks triage the stuff get, that gets in the way, to help folks to secure more stable housing, to get access to reliable childcare, access to reliable transportation, all these things that you and I take for granted, but are secret ingredients to obviously getting much less keeping a job. So they triage with folks, but then they also serve as trampoline. They have these supportive businesses where people can, can build their skills, 
gain access to employment in transitional and permanent jobs, and then trampoline to the next kind of leg on their career journey. So get those employers to check out triage and trampoline. Are these organizations getting that right? You know, the other, speaking of all that triage and all the other issues that surround it, one of my favorite organizations here in Denver is the Mile High Workshop, which I think was a Red F uh, grantee as well. You know them well. And um, Andy Magel, who was the longtime executive director there, used to have a a sort of rubric um, that was called Mountains of Self-Sufficiency because we're in Colorado, so you got to work in the mountains there. But it, it took all of those you know, areas, education, housing, transportation, childcare, justice involvement, and sort of delineated, you know, a level from, let's say, zero to six. I think it was like six. And and zero is like, I just got out of jail. I didn't graduate from high school. I don't have a car or a place to live. You know, it's sort of, you're at truly at base. And they are working, they kind of triage is a good word, you know, when people come into their program and then often have to partner because they don't provide all of those things, but they can serve as sort of a a case manager and a support system and a reference point to help these individuals deal with all of those different issues and try to move them up the ladder, which is very different. I think it's important to understand that some organizations are, are trying to move people from zero to one, and some organizations are trying to move people from like, four to five, you know, and, and that it's going to look very different. And that population is, has really different needs and expectations, depending on kind of where they're starting from on that, you know, scaling those mountains. Totally. I mean, if I were to take Andy's analogy and apply it to what we see is obviously we're in the business of helping folks get on a pathway to economic mobility. And sometimes when people think about that concept, they shorthand it to, oh, it's just like a career ladder. Just get on that first rung of that career ladder and scoot, scoot, scoot uh, all on up. And I'm like, that's a great, that's a cute idea. But in, in fact, many people who face the toughest barriers to employment are actually not on a solid foundation to begin with. They might be at sea, in the water, in choppy waters, trying to swim desperately in a storm towards a ropey ladder that's on the side of a dinghy. And they're swimming and thrashing and trying to get to that ropey ladder. And the ropey ladder is wobbly and all the things. Finally get on the ropey ladder, finally get in the dinghy, finally get the dinghy to get to shore, finally get to that first rung. And I think what our workforce system to the point at the top of this call kind of sometimes gets wrong is we don't focus enough on the sea. We don't focus enough in the thrashy waters. And I think what Andy with his rubric, Mile High with their rubric are trying to do is codify those different tiers so that as a whole system, we can get smarter um, in terms of how we can support folks all the way up. I can imagine some people listening to this and saying, well, that sounds like a lot of work. (laughs) You know, people that have this many barriers. And I want to reframe that. So let's let's reframe that a little bit and say why should a business you know consider hiring or looking for this overlooked and underestimated kind of folks isn't it just a hassle for them is it risky for them like why should they go down the path of trying when it, when people are in such a challenging situation and and Lauren maybe you want to start Yeah, I think the reality is the current circumstances of the person do not define their future. 
and what they're capable of. And I think my brother's example is one of so many where people started with um, pretty significant barriers, but ultimately figured out ways to enable them to, to thrive by creating uh, in a work environment that tapped into their gifts and talents in ways that allowed them to contribute at their fullest extent. And that, that looks differently for everybody. But I would also say that when people have gone through that fire and have pushed their way to shore, they are some of the most um, resilient and innovative and creative people to actually figure out that pathway to get to shore in the first place. And, and that turns into skills that are highly valuable in the workforce. Um, they're often some of the most loyal employees that you'll ever have um, because they have gone through that struggle to get to that place and they appreciate and, and value the opportunity more than just any person um, that hasn't had to go through that, that struggle. So I think we often look at the current state and don't realize you know, what somebody's fully capable of. And what these employment social enterprises do is help people tap into those talents so they can exhibit what, what that, those, those sparks of what's possible, um, which help them become work ready for the traditional workforce. Absolutely. And it, just to build on that, um, I guess I want for us to shift the mental model from it's too risky, eeks, to dang, what am I missing out on? Right. There's a whole wave of talent, particularly as the war on talent gets increasingly more difficult. Why? Why would we take a blind eye to this more resilient, more persistent? And in fact, if I throw in uh, the business case where retention is stickier than national norms for similar positions, why wouldn't we? It is not risky. It's actually the danger of missing out if we don't lean into this wave of talent. And Lauren, what would you add? I mean, Maria mentioned um, triage and trampoline. In terms of potential partners that want to add their products to your marketplace, yeah. what would you add that you look for to sort of, you know, evaluate um, any given employment social enterprise? Yeah, at the end of the day, it's looking at the quality and reliability of the product because these have to be high quality products in order to meet the standards uh, that corporate corporations demand and that customers demand and that they have deep transformation on the lives that they're employing and that they're doing, doing that employment in a responsible way. They're paying a fair wage um, and they're creating an environment that enables people to thrive. So we look at the depth and breadth of social impact as well as the quality of the product. And I think oftentimes when folks hear about Procure Impact and the amazing employment social enterprises we work with, they assume they have to make a compromise on, on quality or price. Uh, that these products aren't going to be as quality, they're going to be too expensive. Um, and actually, when we survey our customers, they're always above market in terms of the reaction that they get from the products, the sell through of those products, because not only are they high quality, they create a unique experience for guests and employees that tell that story of resilience and transformation with each product that they're um, buying from us. And so it's not only affordable and and high quality it's also creating this additional benefit of creating a human connection through the products that they buy um, which which then creates more brand loyalty and then shows your consumers your customers your employees what you value as a business through the purchases that you make you've highlighted some fantastic benefits to the business i mean again the the price the quality the stickiness of of 
folks as employees, you know, all important to keep in mind. We're not asking you to sacrifice your business to do this. We're actually telling you this will enhance your business. And I think that's really important to keep in mind. You're listening to Socially Responsible Business. Uh, I'm here with Maria Kim, CEO of Red F, and Lauren McCann, CEO of Procure Impact. We'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune into The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insights from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, and get hired into the career you want and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Socially Responsible Business with Sharon Schneider. Have a question for Sharon or her guests? Email her at Sharon at TheIntegratedLife.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Sharon Schneider, and we're here with Maria Kim, CEO of Red F, and Lauren McCann, founder and CEO of Procure Impact. This is such a fantastic conversation, and I'm blown away by the power and the potential for tapping into these new talent pools. So let's say that you've found a organization, Maria, like a Red F grantee that's an employment social enterprise, and you want to hire some of their employees. So they have been triaged and trampolined into um, your organization. If I want those people to succeed inside my organization, what do I need to be prepared to do then as their employer to set them up for success? Is it is it anything different than any other employee, I guess? Yeah. I mean, in large part, no. You know, I just want employers to show up as their best selves. So that means a dignity of work, uh, a livable wage, as Lauren mentioned, predictable scheduling. So particularly for folks who are blocking and tackling the challenges of navigating poverty, it's it's tough if your schedule is 
unpredictable day to day. So predictable scheduling for sure, uh, career advancement opportunities, like a clear pathway to kind of continue to grow, and maybe a mentor, somebody who just kind of tells you the secrets, the the silent rules of a workplace, that would be super special. But the other thing I might um, emphasize is that these employment social enterprises we've been talking about, they typically don't tag out at this point. So, right. So let's say an individual gets placed in a more permanent or uh, different different type of career after working at one of these enterprises. The enterprise stays with them, often like ride or die status and many for at least a year, some for multiple years to make sure that they've got an ally to help navigate some of the life and work stuff over over that first critical transition period. I'm serving that role for my daughter right now. She's a sophomore in college and, you know, applying to her first internships. And, you know, she calls me all the time and is like, mom, you know, I haven't heard back on this email. Should I, should I ping them again? What do I say? How do I do this? And I'll coach her, you know, in, in how to do that or how to write her cover letter. And I think knowing that they have that support network back there is actually a huge differentiator. And it's a reason to literally seek out these employment social enterprises because their graduates have this incredible backing of, you know, a professional, you know, serving that mentor role for them and catching them if they fall and partnering with you. I mean, if I recall, you sort of, a lot of them, We'll have direct conversations even with, you know, the managers and the employers. It's not, um, it's not like they say, good luck, little birdie, go, go fly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's intended to be a supportive reciprocal partnership. So share some success stories with us, um, you know, either of employees that came through some of the programs that you support or the employers um, that you partnered with and, um, and how they found success and what made them so successful. I mean, I'll tell the story of somebody who remains a shero to me today. This is a, a woman. Her name is Jashan. She came through Kara, the organization that you know. Um, and she had hit a rough go prior to Kara. She had lost her way a uh, little ways struggling with addiction. She found herself homeless and that homeless shelter and recovery home referred her to Kara, where she worked for these employment social enterprises to build her skills, build her resume, but most importantly, to get her mojo back, you know, like she had lost this light. And if you met her today, you'd be like, her light beams brighter than brighter than the biggest sun, you know, and you, you can't imagine a world without it. So she needed that time and space to build her mojo back. She ultimately gets placed in a social purpose organization where she grows, gets promoted two times, gets her master's in social work, uh, becomes an adjunct professor, is now an executive director of an organization in Chicago helping families to heal in the wake of community violence. She's fulfilling a massively critical role for the community. She's a mom of two beautiful boys, and she's a preacher. So, and a homeowner, oh, by the way. So P.S., all of these things. And again, I can't imagine a world without her light and what she needed. She always had the light in her. She just needed somebody to unlock it. You know what I mean? She just needed somebody to just be like, you got this, let's go. And, and that's the role that these employment social enterprises can play. And what a beautiful gift, going back to the beginning, to be able to provide someone that opportunity to unlock that future for them, you know, both as the Kara did, but also as those employers did. And um, seeing her take her place in community and be such a, 
giver to others and such an asset, um, I think is, is just beautiful. And what we, we strive for, um, as more than capitalists, but as socially responsible and socially engaged business owners. Lauren, tell us about some of the companies on your platform. So what is their sort of mission? What do they um, do and some of the success stories that uh, they they have or that you've seen? Yeah, many, many of the employment social enterprises we work with also are in Red F's portfolio and they work with a variety of different populations, people who've experienced trafficking, individuals with disabilities, refugees, veterans, and more. Um, and to give you a sense of you know our role, we our goal is to just build demand for the products that they produce so that more opportunities are available to the people that uh, Maria just mentioned, right? So for example, we recently worked with a corporate partner, uh, which we'll be announcing in a, in a month or so, um, who is going to be purchasing 250,000 snacks uh, annually from one of our partners who works with women who've experienced homelessness. And what that does is they have 200 women currently on the wait list to get into their program. This gives them the ability to open up an entirely new uh, manufacturing line that will employ women that wouldn't otherwise have the opportunity to be employed. And given all the supportive services that they provide, and they're working with people on that triage plus um, employment model, um, these are folks who are eager to get in, right? And unless they have demand for the products, they can't open up more positions. So, you know, our role is to really build that demand so that they can do the magic that they do um, on site to help stabilize and empower um, individuals through the, the power and dignity of work. I, I This past holiday season, I got a gift from one of my clients um, that was a, you know, set of exactly what the kinds of things you're talking about, snacks made yep. by social enterprise. In this case, it was the Women's Bean Project, which is here with us in Denver and um, is a fantastic uh, organization putting out kind of food products like this. And and really, you know, that basket, again, it's like, yeah, you could have sent the, not Larry and David, what's it, Larry, what's that one called that everybody David, does? Yeah. Oh, God, <laughs> is that, please don't send me that. Like, <laughs> instead of that tower of, you know, staleness. Um, yeah. It was just so much more meaningful. Um, can you talk about gifting a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And we work with Women's Bean um, and many other folks that provide snacks. So we have Stroop and Waffles uh, made by uh, Stroopies in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, uh, to Popcorn by individuals with disabilities at Prospector Popcorn. Um, and it, as just as you're you know, describing, we do bundles for corporate gifting that create an unboxing experience for your employees, for things like onboarding or employee recognition gifts, or for end of year holiday or milestone gifts throughout the year. And you know, ultimately, Nobody needs another Tumblr. Um, we get a lot of swag um, from corporations at events um, or for employee onboarding. But how awesome is it for corporations to really think intentionally about how to share your values in those moments rather than just a product, right? Uh, we have the access to, to those types of products anywhere. But as a corporation, as you're, as you're thinking about ways to demonstrate your principles in action, gifts is a way to do that. It's a way to set the tone um, for your employees, for your stakeholders, for your customers. Um, so we have the ability to bundle gifts and to brand them um, in brand colors for each company we work with. So it really aligns to the brand standards and also connects people to meaning. And 
And that storytelling, you know, is something that Linda Apolipsius highlighted last week about how important storytelling is to your, you know, brand as a socially responsible business. And that's just such a great opportunity in that moment of gifting to tell your story and say who you are um, and what you stand for. So Lauren, is Procure Impact itself a for-profit? And and one reason I sort of highlight this is because a lot of times workforce social enterprises are, are nonprofits, and it's because all that wraparound, all that triaging, you know, of of those other supportive services that Maria was talking about, they are expensive. And that aspect of their work will always have to be supported with philanthropic donations, right? It would have to be so wildly profitable to make enough to not just run the business, but to also add all that wraparound. We sort of have these unreasonable expectations. And so they're often charities. They are they are nonprofits. But tell me about sort of where you sit and, and how does being a for-profit business kind of marry with what you're talking about? Yeah, we structured ourselves intentionally as a for-profit and specifically a public benefit corporation, a PBC, which is a special designation as a C-Corp that essentially has our mission on in our charter. So we are only profitable if we are impactful and we are only impactful if we are profitable and the scale of our impact is totally intertwined with our revenue. And we did that because we wanted to demonstrate sustainability um, as a business, we also wanted the products to speak for themselves, that these are high quality products that demand the prices that they demand. Um, and ultimately, that enables the social enterprises that we work with to gain access to revenue streams they wouldn't otherwise have access to. Um, and so we see that these the mission and our profitability as de dependent on each other versus two separate goals and objectives that we have to bifurcate. Um, we believe we can be uh, market-based and grow and scale sustainably um, because we believe in the high quality products on our platform. And we talked about public benefit corporations last week um, with Linda Apolipsius and Titulia um, Organic Teas is also a PBC as well as a certified B Corp and a social enterprise and a socially responsible business. So if you missed last week's episode, definitely go and check that out um, on our website, theintegratedlife.com, where you'll also see resources to some of uh, the things mentioned in that episode as well as this episode. So you can always find out more there. You're listening to Socially Responsible Business. When we come back, Lauren and Maria will continue to share the benefits of sourcing from these employment social enterprises, and we'll talk about the next right thing that you can implement in your own business. So stay tuned. Birdie told me Voice America is on X. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Tune in to the Retirement Lifestyle Advocates radio program to discover exactly what to consider with your money now in light of the current economic and investing environment. Host Dennis Tubergen, a four-time best-selling author and consultant to the financial industry, analyzes the current investing climate and interviews some of the brightest minds on the planet in the fields of investing, economics, and finance. Weekly episodes of the Retirement Lifestyle Advocates radio program available at 12 p.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Anyone can learn the keys to success from podcasts, TED Talks, and other forms of media. But what you really don't learn is the failures that lead up to that point. Join David Chavez on the Strategy Sherpa Show as he and notable business leaders have that discussion and teach you how valuable it is to learn from your failures. The Strategy Sherpa Show, Mondays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Socially Responsible Business with Sharon Schneider. Have a question for Sharon or her guests? Email her at Sharon at TheIntegratedLife.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, welcome back. I'm Sharon Schneider, your host, and we're here with Maria Kim, CEO of Red F, and Lauren McCann, CEO of Procure Impact. Lauren, you and I both refer to ourselves as a Trojan horse of a sort. Um, and I say that because I'm usually hired by someone as a consultant relative to their philanthropy and sort of giving away their money. And then, you know, once I get to know them a little bit and start to say, yes, that's exciting. We're doing really great things here. By the way, uh, what about the other 95% of your assets, of your business, of your life? Like, how can we apply those same principles? So that's my version of being a Trojan horse. Tell me about yours. Absolutely. Yeah. We we sell a lot of products um, across a bunch of high demand categories, and yet we're not really just focused on the product itself. The products are really a Trojan horse to get the buyers, the corporations we're working with, to start to think differently about the people who make the products. And you know, some of the things we talked about before, uh, assumptions when they hear about what we do around the quality of the products or uh, the price of the products, uh, when we show them that these products are better than anything they've ever tasted, um, then they start to realize the people who made them might also be employees that could be better than they've ever experienced. So we uh, we use the products as a way to start to shift mindset around these incredible people, as Maria has pointed out, that have exceptional talents that can be leveraged more effectively across um, you know across their industry. Um, and when they start buying these products and fall in love with them, our goal is really that they start to form more integrated partnerships with the vendors that we work with and start to think of them as, as a resource uh, for untapped talent that they're currently not working with. So you don't get mad if they poach the employees? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, ultimately, a lot of the employment social enterprises that we work with, these are transitional employment opportunities that are purposefully short-term 
to really build their skills, provide those supportive services and get them ready for long-term employment. Um, you know, you mentioned women's being, Tamara often says, you know, I have one of the most difficult models because I purposely am exiting people after six, six to 12 months and have to refresh my workforce and maintain that high quality um, of product and output. Um, but that is the goal is to make them employment ready. There are some of the vendors that we work with that do employ long-term and, and are looking for full-time employees. Um, but but ultimately, those that are creating supportive services for placement want employers to start to see them and their employees as avenues to help them achieve their um, their retention goals and objectives. Again, that's such a benefit because it's that first job when they're coming out of these challenging situations. The manager at that first job has to teach them a lot of, you know, things they might not have learned before about uh, you know, what do you do when your car breaks down and you can't make it to work or you need to switch a shift or, you know, something you're having a conflict with a coworker. And so the fact that these employment social enterprises have done that hard work for you and been that first job is really makes them, again, a great resource because, you know, they've prepared these people to graduate into your organization, which is, Again, another benefit that they're providing to you um, as as the future employer. And in case folks listening could not tell, you two know each other. You've known each other um, before this. And funny enough, I knew both both of you before I knew that you knew each other. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like this little, you know, um, circle that we just recently connected all the dots. But um, Maria sits on your advisory board, Lauren, for Procure Impact. So tell us how the relationship came about and how your advisory board supports your mission and your work at Procure Impact. Maria and I met when I was in philanthropy um, at the Stand Together Foundation. We were running um, a program called the Catalyst Program, and Maria, as CEO of CARA, was part of that program in our very first cohort, so she gave us a lot of grace <laughs> um, as we were building the plane and flying it. Um, but we we became friends. I, I have so much respect for her as a, as a leader in the social impact space. And as Procure Impact was emerging as a concept, when it was just an idea on a piece of paper, um, she was one of the first people I met with uh, just to bounce the idea off of her to really understand what the gap and the opportunity could be. Uh, she was one of the first people I thought to call. Um, and so uh, she met with me in, in L.A. and we talked about it. And then um, when as, as we were building out our advisory board, I asked her to join the advisory board. And we have about 15 individuals across a number of different sectors from like the former CEO of Priceline to two celebrity chefs to people in impact. And Maria's voice is a really critical and important one because at the core of what we're doing is supporting the growth and scale of employment social enterprise in the U.S., and we see ourselves as outsourced sales so that they can do their magic. And they have been a really important partner for us at Red F in identifying companies that were corporate ready, um, that had products uh, that were in their growth portfolio that would be good initial vendors for us. And so we've forged a partnership as they refer companies to us uh, for the marketplace itself. I think there must be something special about Procure Impact, Maria, that made you say yes? I'm sure everybody wants you on their advisory board, but why'd you say yes this time? <laughs> I mean, one, I'm a huge fan of Lauren. Like you can tell just from this conversation, even if you didn't know her, that her fire is just beginning to get started. This woman is on a mission and she is ready to rock it. So there's that. 
I also think that when you sit on stuff like this, it's got to be at the intersection of self and selfless interest. So my self-interest is certainly I want to advocate for this field, this ecosystem that is sometimes wildly not known. And this is a vehicle to help uh, aggrandize awareness of employment social enterprise. And my selfless interest is just being in community with so many different leaders across sector that uh, want to mobilize this kind of change, too. So it was an easy yes. Yeah, just like it's an easy yes for me to ask you guys to be guests. So thank you for saying yes. We have two more pieces of of business before we let you go. One is, what would you tell the entrepreneurs listening today is the next right thing that they can implement in their business if they want to explore uh, untapped talent pools like this? Yeah, for me, I'd say... Go to our website, redup.org, and look up your state where you can see the employment social enterprises in your state as willing and able partners to talent development work and challenge your own mental models about what talent looks like, right? That these are not barriers that we're facing, but in fact, uh, an untapped well of talent that we've only yet begun to scratch. Well, one of the things I often share is just sometimes it can feel overwhelming when you're thinking about responsible sourcing or intentional purchases. And there's so many places you could start. And so I, I often just give the advice to start small. Like what is the, what is the one thing you could shift to empower this movement? You know, uh, social procurement is emerging as a, uh, a leadership opportunity in the United States and across the world. Maybe it's corporate gift boxes. Maybe it's the snacks in your break room. Maybe it's the coffee that you currently buy um, in your break room. You can create a really unique and important moment of intersection of your values and your purchasing through small, small intentional steps. Um, and once you get on that journey, you start to realize all the things that you could start to shift to really make a monumental impact. But it just takes that first step. So start small. Just start thinking about one thing that you could shift to an employment social enterprise. Leverage our platform, procureimpact.us, to help you learn about the amazing products all across the United States that are uplifting communities. Um, but just start small. And you just mentioned your website. And Maria, tell us where people can find you if they want to learn more. Yeah, redf.org and also redf works on all the socials. Amazing. Well, I cannot thank you enough for joining me. And I Cannot thank all of you enough for listening today. I hope you'll join us again next Monday and all the Mondays after that. You can bookmark the show at voiceamerica.com and on all the big streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And then you'll be reminded when new episodes are, are available. So we'll be back streaming live on the Voice America Network business channel next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific. In the meantime, visit theintegratedlife.com for links to resources mentioned in today's show and to buy your copy of the Handbook for an Integrated Life. This is Socially Responsible Business. I'm your host, Sharon Schneider. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Socially Responsible Business with Sharon Schneider. We hope we've given you some ideas of how your business can succeed while being a force for good. Until we talk again, visit www.theintegratedlife.com for resources to take a small but meaningful step today.